We think women need to talk more openly about money because money really matters. It shouldn't be embarrassing or confusing. Join the conversation. We'll be discussing a whole range of topics which will help you get comfortable with your finances. Money Matters, brought to you by AJ Bell. Hi, welcome to the latest episode of the Money Matters podcast. I'm Laura Suter. And I am Danny Hewson. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about working from home and whether it might be a good thing or a bad thing when it comes to women's working lives, the gender pay and investment gap. We'll be chatting to one woman who's really been able to restart her career because of home working. And we'll also be talking to Claire McCartney, who is Senior Policy Advisor at the Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development about potential pitfalls and who can ask for flexible working if it's something that would make a difference for you. And so as we're recording this in January 2022, the UK government has just announced that the Plan B rules will be going away. So that means that the order to work from home um, will be disappearing and people will be gradually returning back to their offices. Uh, Before Plan B was introduced, though, back in November, we carried out a survey of people to find out what was going on in the world of work. So whether people had gone back to work full time at that point, whether they were working in a hybrid way and whether they were enjoying it and also crucially, whether they expected it to continue past the pandemic. Now, the results of the survey were really interesting and and do give us some idea of what the world of work for many people is going to look like going forward. Now, assuming there are no more lockdowns, of course, um, and we must be clear that some jobs, you just can't work from home doing those jobs. But we also know that the labour market is booming. So lots of people are thinking about changing their job. And it could be that employers that are really trying to stand out from the crowd might offer flexible working as an incentive to get people to come and work for them. And it's something that can make a job look more attractive, particularly for people like mums, people who have caring responsibilities, mums getting back into the workplace or maybe hoping to take on a few extra hours as they hit, you know, those life milestones. And so what was interesting in that survey is 55% of the people that we questioned said that their employer was planning on making hybrid working um, the norm. So partially from home and partially in the office. And in particular, um, an area that we focused on was on parents. And that's great news for them because half of parents said that they've been able to stop paying for some or all childcare as a result of hybrid working or working from home. And as we've talked about before, that is such a large cost for a lot of parents. Yeah, it can make a huge difference if you don't have to pay it. It's been really helpful for some working mums. We know from a previous survey that we did that many women take a long career break. It was 31% we found over five years. Um, That was impacting them negatively on their finances as well and the longer term prospects, you know, the ability to get promotion, to earn more money. Working from home has in some cases made it possible for women to juggle caring responsibilities and a career. And that was certainly the case for Jill Cotton from London. And so she felt previously that that juggling act of being a mother and also trying to work had impacted on her career. Uh, But since this great switch to working from home, she's been able to take on full time work as a result and find a new job that fits around her existing job of being a mother. 
So Jill, you've got two children and you're currently working from home. So what's this big switch to home working during COVID really meant for you? Um, switching to home working has really kind of opened up what I can do as a career and what I want to do for my job. Um, without home working, I never would have been able to take the current role that I'm in because the role that I'm in requires me to work full time. And previous to the switch to mainly working from home, I've always had to take part-time roles because I'm the person who needs to be at the school gates, doing the wraparound care, doing the childcare pickup. And I think when you work in a city and live just outside it, it's not possible to do nine till 5.30 or nine till six o'clock in an office and then also be there for your children um, if you're only using school wraparound care. So has it meant that your life is, even though you're working more hours in terms of working full time, your life has become a bit less hectic, maybe? Yeah, I think that what what working from home has allowed me to do is actually just be more flexible with my approach to working. It means that, you know, I don't rigidly need to be in an office at a set time. It means that if the children want to sleep a little bit later in the mornings that they can do, which is great, that I actually just have more time for them in the mornings as well. Um, it also means that after school, um, that they don't need to be in, in a club until right till the last moment it's six o'clock and then you just have the the guilt of being the last to pick up your child um and working from home also just means that lots of the life admin work that comes with being a parent um can be fitted in around my work during the day so the evenings aren't spent doing the washing doing the online shop and all the other things that come with um running a happy household. So it's obviously had a, a great impact on your kind of on your lifestyle and your family life. What about the impact that it's had on your career? Do you think that it's had a positive impact or do you think that there are some drawbacks? I think working from home has had a really positive impact on my career because it's meant that I've been able to apply and secure a job that otherwise would have been out of my reach um, because I just wouldn't have been able to be in an office full time Monday to Friday. And actually, that isn't what I necessarily wanted for me as a lifestyle choice either. You know, I want to... Um, be with my children during the day I want to be the person who picks them up from school but I also want to be the person who has a really successful career and I've worked really hard to get to where I am so that kind of ambition in me shouldn't be dampened just because I also want to be a really great mother as well we should be able to kind of have it all and not feel guilty about it and, and guilt is such a big factor of being a parent isn't it? it seems to come part and parcel with it and how do you do you feel less guilty now because you're able to spend more time more time with your kids yeah I mean I think that for me personally and I know that we all kind of react differently in different situations but for me personally I do still kind of struggle with wanting to have it all and creating a really great balance um you know I want to be interested by the work that I'm doing I want to feel that I'm making a difference but I also want to be with my children and help them with their homework in the evenings I don't necessarily want to 
employ a nanny to help me to do that. I want to be the person that they come to that when they've had a bad day at school, that I'm the first face that they see when they're collected from school. And actually, if they've had a falling out with friends, that they can do that. And I think that what the pandemic has done, because we now have this much closer blend of our work and personal lives, which you know, that has caused problems as well in terms of burnout, in terms of, you know, always being on, never really having a space to switch off and the line between work and home being really blurred. Whilst that has been a problem for some people, actually for me, I've been able to kind of make the most of it and use it to my benefit so that actually I can have this free flowing day where where I need to be work person, I can be that work person. And when I need to be mummy, I also have the space within my day to be mummy as well. And that for me has definitely helped lessen the guilt that I feel. Um, I know that I still haven't got it right, that there's definitely moments of stress that I have, that there's definitely moments that my children don't necessarily feel that I'm being mummy enough. And there might be other moments where I feel that I'm not, um, you know, doing everything that I need to for my job. But I definitely feel that I'm in a much better position now than what I was two years ago. And you talked there about the kind of, I guess, a bit of the burnout and the not being able to switch off. Do you find that you work more hours now? You work from home because it's easy to just in the evening think, oh, I'll just check my emails or I'll just, uh, I'm definitely guilty of doing that. You, you finish the whole bedtime routine and then you think, okay, well, I'll just go back and check emails and reply to things. That switch off is harder, I think, isn't it? The switch off is definitely harder and you have to be you have to be really strict with yourself so that you can actually service both areas of your life effectively. I found that in previous roles, I literally was just on the phone the whole time. And, you know, I really didn't like being that person who was there on their phone answering work emails, getting really stressed whilst their child was asking for a snack. And it just, that's what I'd had in previous roles. And I found that very, very difficult. So here, what I've tried to do is to actually just try to separate my life a little bit more. Um, you know, we all we all have those days where we've got a really big work project going on, and it's really driving us at absolutely bonkers because your child just won't go to bed at quarter past seven or you know you've got a call at eight o'clock in the evening and you need them in bed you need them quiet you need them asleep but in the last kind of six months I've realized that actually by kind of bringing that stress of work into your family life it's it impacts and just makes the situation much worse so I've actually just allowed myself more time in the day. So, you know, if I have to take a work call in the evening, then I'll always make it for half an hour later than when I possibly anticipate that the children might go to bed, just so that we're not kind of putting that extra pressure on ourselves. And, you know, with small children, things are unpredictable. And I think that what I've really learned is to just embrace that unpredictability and working from home allows you to have that just that slight element more of flexibility that means that when things happen that you weren't anticipating you are just better equipped to deal with those situations 
And there's a, a financial impact to this as well. I mean, lots of people working from home, um, even without kids, have found that there's a big cost saving because you're not paying for the commute, you're not, you know, buying the coffees, eating lunch out, all of mm. those things. Um, but for parents, there's the the big factor of childcare costs, which is such a huge cost. And do you find that it's it's saved you on childcare costs, presumably because you're not having to have that kind of wraparound care um, once they finish school? Yeah, I actually still use wraparound care because, you know, this, the school day doesn't allow you long enough in order to be able to um, effectively complete a full time role. You know, by the time you drop them off at school, it's nine o'clock. You really need to be winding down at three. You know, no meetings can come beyond three. Um, so I still have wraparound Claire and sports clubs. And, you know, and I want to take my children to um activities so that actually just because I'm working it doesn't mean that they're limited as to the sports that they can try for example or other activities that they might that they might want to do um childcare the cost of childcare is a massive problem from any working parent you know when I had two small children at nursery and I was only working three days a week I was paying 1600 pounds a month for the privilege of for them to go to nursery and barely earning anything on top of that. But for me, it was important that I still worked. For me personally, I still wanted to work. Um, Childcare costs have obviously gone down a lot since now I have both children at school, but it is still a juggling act. And it's tricky when we know that women in particular quite often earn less. It's been proven over and over again. And it's women who quite often are the primary kind of caregivers within the family setting and this then just becomes a really vicious cycle for you know how do women earn better money if they are going to be the people who are essentially picking up the kids every day and I think that's where working from home has made the real difference it's given working parents the more options I think. And could you ever imagine yourself going back to a job where you're working full time in an office nine to five doing that commute? Could you see that in the future? Or do you think that kind of time um, is kind of over where we have to be in the office five days a week? I think for me personally, it would be incredibly difficult for me to be in the office five days a week just because I wouldn't then be able to give what I'm giving now to either my family or to my job. Um, and I want to have both. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with wanting to having both. I think that for me, there, you know, I really want to connect with people. And this is a job that the job that I'm in now, I was onboarded virtually. I haven't really met anyone in real life. I would love to be able to have that social connection because workplaces are also a place of community. But for me, that means going to the office perhaps once a week and having that and probably not much more. Um, I appreciate that there are other people in other situations where they are, you know, I've got colleagues who are really keen to get back to being in the office a minimum of three, if not more days a week. Yeah, and I think it's just... I guess the the new normal is now having that balance so that everyone's needs are accommodated and everyone's able to do their, their job and their life yeah. equally as well for the way that works for them. Yeah, I think kind of hybrid working is just going to be the way forward. I appreciate that there are some industries where 
that's much easier than others. So for example, my husband um, works in hospitality and he's been in the office five days a week, practically the whole way through the pandemic when it was safe and allowed to do so. And that isn't going to change anytime soon. Um, But then that's why it's even more important that I do have this flexibility to be able to work from home because my partner doesn't have any flexibility at all. Um, And the way that we want to bring up our children means that, you know, we want to be there. We want to be the people that they see coming out from school. And therefore, I've had to find a job that allows me to do that. And do you think your children have noticed a difference? Have they they kind of commented? Um, I think children can be quite oblivious to everything that happens around them. Um, As long as they are loved and fed and clothed and um, have their favourite toys around them, I don't know. And I kind of wonder, you know, whatever you do in the home is the normal for your child. So for them, normal is both mummy and daddy working. Sometimes they might see mummy working, for example, Um, but mummy is there to collect them from school and to take them to clubs. And I think that they have just become used to this mishmash of work and um, home life. Um, I definitely feel that I'm bringing less stress into home at the moment um, than I had done with previous roles. So for me, that's a really positive change. Amazing. Thank you so much for talking to us today. No problem at all. Jill Cotton's experiences will resonate with a lot of women. I know certainly for me, I've been working from home for two years now, pretty much solidly, only a couple of days back in the office. And that's been brilliant because it means that I am able to go and pick my teenage daughters up from school. And when they come back and they want to talk, I've got time for them. But it also means that sometimes it's six, seven o'clock at night and they come down and I'm still at the table and I'm still working. And they say, do you ever have time for us? And the guilt associated with that can be awful. And sometimes I think that you sort of spread yourself a bit too thin. How have you found it, Laura? Um, A real mixture, I think. I think working from home whilst also having a young child has definitely made things like nursery pickup and drop-offs a lot easier. She's in nursery for a shorter period of time because she doesn't have to be there for my commute, which is something that Jill touched on in terms of if you live near a city and you have to commute in, then do your full work day and then commute out. That's a very long day of childcare. Um, But having spent a maternity leave during the pandemic at home and then continued to work home since I've uh, returned, I'm a little bit sick of these four walls and I'm quite keen to get out and about as well. So the ending of the uh, government's guidance to work from home, I was probably one of the few people that was slightly cheering at that news. (laughs) Well, I used to have to do an insane commute over the M62 and anyone that's driven that in winter when it starts to snow will understand where I'm coming from. It it can Mm -hmm. take hours and, you know, if you get stuck in a queue, it's really wasted time and it's time that you can actually spend working or putting a wash on or something like that. So I found working from home to be brilliant, but I do miss conversations sometimes, which is why it's so nice to do this podcast with you because I get a chance to talk. 
Exactly. And so I think that's why a lot of people are thinking that kind of hybrid structure is a, is a good idea. You get some time in the office, you get to chat to colleagues, you get to speak to people that you might not necessarily have a cause to speak to in your day-to-day work life, but you can chat to them while you're making a cup of tea, for example. But you still get the benefits of working from home and that kind of more flexibility, whether that's because you've got a family or because you've got a pet, as lots of people have done in lockdown, or just because you quite like being able to get some of those chores out of the way while you're working to have your weekends free to have lots of fun. So, But as we said, home working is an option for a whole lot of jobs as well. And there are lots of employers that are asking people to come back to work full time. Certainly, I know quite a few of my friends in the journalism and newspaper industry are already back in the office five days a week. Um, So what do you do to make sure that you don't fall into some of the homeworking pitfalls? For example, a fifth of the people that we spoke to in our survey said they worried about not being in the office and how that might affect their career prospects, their ability to be promoted. Um, And almost half said that, to your point earlier, Danny, when they work from home, they tend to work a lot longer hours and it's harder to have that shut off. You don't have that 5pm, 6pm cut off time, I'm leaving the office and I'm heading home. And I've also found because I've started a new job that learning how to do the job and getting to know your colleagues is really difficult when you're working from home. But if you are maybe thinking of changing job or you're being called back into the office, then a question we wanted to have answered was, who can ask for flexible working if they want it but don't have it? So I caught up with Claire McCartney, who is Senior Policy Advisor for Research and Inclusion at the CIPD, Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development. They've done a lot of work on this, and I asked her for some tips for both employees and employers. Hybrid working, working from home, it's been good and bad for women particularly. What is it that has made such a difference, do you think, for women's careers just being able to work at home? Well, I think, I suppose I'd say that the pandemic has brought lots of opportunities for organisations to do things differently and actually introduce new ways of working that perhaps haven't changed for generations. So there are real opportunities there. Um, in terms of, of women, we know that often they have um, they pick up the majority of caring responsibilities still in society. So the opportunity to work remotely more flexibly means often that they're cutting out large commutes, that they're able to um, you know work effectively and juggle caring responsibilities as well. So that can be really beneficial. But you know it depends on the individuals. There are pros and cons of working remotely. Um, some people might love that flexibility. You know they might feel that they're performing better others might actually not have a suitable working environment from home and also um, you know might might actually lose out on social interaction which would be really important to them so I think there probably isn't a one-size-fits-all and as you say there are pros and cons really for women um, with remote working. Because one of the things which lots of people say when you talk to them about remote working is that as well as going out to work even when you're at home, the guilt associated with when the kids come in and they say, are you still working? Because you fit it around them. So you could still be working eight, nine, ten o'clock at night and maybe start at six in the morning. 
Yeah, so I think, you know, the, the challenge with working from home is that blurring of the boundaries, as you say. So it's really difficult for some people to switch off. You know, if they're juggling caring responsibilities as well, as you said, you've got the guilt coming in there. So I guess for us at the CIPD, it's about making sure that line managers are managing people effectively, that they're making sure that they're not working these extended hours because they're not supposed to be doing that. And and often, you know, people aren't productive if they're working really long hours, their productivity goes down. So it's about um, line managers being really um, careful around that and putting a spotlight on people's health and well-being. Is there a danger that if people and particularly women, because as you say, they are juggling caring responsibilities, they might want to work from home more than maybe men do. Is there a danger then going forward, they're overlooked for promotion, they miss out on key bits of information or key jobs? You know, I think that there is a danger there. And this is something that organisations really need to focus on, actually. So, you know, when they're thinking about introducing more remote working or hybrid working, they need to make sure that they're putting inclusion and fairness at the heart of what they're doing so that everybody has the same opportunities to um, work projects, but also to progression um, and that you know people aren't being um, treated unfairly because perhaps they're working remotely or they're working in a different location. So again, for us at the CIPD, I'd say really important the line managers know how to manage um, people that are working remotely or hybrid workers in a fair and inclusive way and that they're giving um, everyone the same opportunities. When it comes to working from home, there are a lot of financial issues as well that people might not think about. Um, although you don't have to pay for the commute. You do have to keep your house warm. You have to, um, you know, that there are so many other things associated with working from home that maybe people haven't thought about. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right, and and you know that can kind of balance out. So you're you're not paying for an expensive commute, but actually, <clears throat> excuse me, we know that you know the, the heating costs, cost of living are going up, um, and so you know depending on your the organisation that you work for, some might have some kind of policy in place where they. Um, provide some extra support around that or they might not so I think you do need to think quite carefully about um, the impact that that might have on your um, you know finances and your ability to save as well going forward. And going forward I know certainly some employers have been tentatively talking about maybe paying less because you don't have to go into a city or you don't have to live in a city you can live in areas which are less expensive to live in is that something people really need to watch out for um it's difficult to say I think it's a kind of a watch and wait scenario so we haven't seen many examples of that happening but um from an organizational perspective I think they need to be very careful if they were considering that because actually you know there are potential ethical and legal consequences around that for us I think that really the the going rate for the job is likely to remain broadly the same because we are in a a tight labour market. There are lots of skill shortages. Organisations aren't um, finding it that easy to get people. So I think that they will need to um, pay a competitive salary. But yes, absolutely, that is something to consider um, from an individual perspective and when thinking about taking a role and looking at whether the salary is competitive or not. It is a very tricky labour market at the moment. Lots of employers are desperately looking for skilled people to fill roles. Is there an opportunity for women who've maybe only worked part time or maybe have left the, the working environment to come back in? 
I think I think absolutely there is. And actually, we have some quite interesting research at the CIPD, which shows that um, a focus on career returners and organisations creating career returner programmes is actually increasing. So I think around 26% of organisations are offering this now. So yes, actually, I think the time is probably quite ripe for that. Um, and actually, the greater flexibility that we all might be experiencing at the moment can help um, support people that need better flexibility um, and that can help in terms of progressing careers as well so yes a real opportunity there I think. You were saying earlier that people that work really long hours might not necessarily be as productive but for people that can work around the school drop-off and pick up time work around kids meals homework that kind of thing is there the potential that this could actually help with that uh, productivity conundrum? I think I think certainly you know we we as individuals you know all need different types of flexibility depending on our personal circumstances so it's really important that we talk to our organizations about that and come to a solution really that works with both uh, for both parties but yes absolutely if you're able to you know juggle your your personal life your caring responsibilities <clears throat> if you have them um, uh, with your work responsibilities then you know you're going to have a better work-life balance you're going to feel more in control you're going to feel more motivated and I would um, suggest that performance is going to improve as well. Do you think this is something that could help narrow the gender pay gap going forward? I think it's an interesting question. I mean, there there wouldn't be any evidence as yet as to whether it will have an impact. But, you know, I think it's potentially promising. But, you know, when we think about the gender pay gap for us at the CIPD, um, one of the most important things in in addressing it is for organisations to be reporting their gender pay gap um, figures in the first place, but not just the figures, because often they can be quite meaningless. It's about the narrative Um, And it's also about setting concrete action plans. What are we going to do differently to um, bring about any disparities that we have? But I do think it's promising um, in terms of having that greater flexibility and allowing people to, to work and be more productive. Giving people that greater flexibility can be brilliant for their mental health. But as you say, some people might be really starved of adult conversation they might really miss particularly new starters learning from people with experience what do managers need to look out for I think you know they they need to have that spotlight on well-being organizations have a a duty of care for employees health and well-being and that's regardless of where they're working so you know whether they're remotely or or in the physical workspace and that includes mental health as well Um, Our research at the CIPD says that organisations have stepped up their efforts, um, particularly around supporting people's mental health, as you would hope, um, you know, around the pandemic. But also what we are seeing coming through from our research is an increasing number of organisations saying, um, reporting that there is presenteeism. So people working, you know, when they're ill, when they're working from home. And that is a worrying finding. And organisations really need to combat that and make sure that that isn't happening um, and that those, you know, that, that, that they're healthy, they have healthy practices. If they're not well, they're not well, they shouldn't be working. And actually, um, organisations should create a culture where people feel they're able to say that um, and that you have, um, you know, line managers and senior managers that are role modelling those healthy behaviours when it comes to um, work and also being unwell. 
One thing about working from home is that uh, you have lots of different distractions and I apologise if you could hear my dog clicking around just then because uh, he's, he's desperately trying to come in and express his thoughts on the fact that we're working from home, which has been great for pets. Um, just finally, I, when we go forward and there is a return to the office, if people have enjoyed working from home if they have found that flexibility vital to allow them to do the job how can they have that conversation with employers to say i want this to stay what kind of rights do they have it's a, it's a very good question and something that we've been campaigning um, for at the CIPD through our Flex From First campaign is to have the right to request flexible working from day one. At the moment, it's after 26 weeks of employment, but they have a right to request flexible working at the moment after six months. Uh, but I think, you know, the, the most important thing is actually saying, look how I've worked over the last year beyond, you know, look how productive I've been. Um, you know, can we talk about um, these options going forward? And I think it's for individuals to be informed, to say, you know, to, to have kind of almost to present a little business case as to, you know, what the benefits are, um, feed that into their organisation, their line manager and come to an agreement. But, you know, for organisations, it would be crazy to go back to the status quo because there's there's been a lot of learning from this period and there's been a lot of improvements um, around, you know, people's work-life balance, balance and even around performance as well. So I would hope that organisations build upon that, but really important, I think, for individuals to, you know, bring a, bring a case as to why that flexibility would be beneficial to the organisation and also to themselves. Claire, it's been lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. So that was really interesting stuff from Claire there. And you can find out more about the research that they carried out on the CIPD website. And don't forget, we've got a whole host of articles on the Money Matters website as well. Do take a look. Everything from managing your finances, if you have a career break, to tips on how to get a financially fair divorce, which was the subject of our last podcast. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to some of our previous podcasts, maybe this is your first time listening, then do have a look back through our back catalogue. And as always, we want to hear from you. We had lots of great questions after our webinar last week, and we'll be getting in touch with everyone on those and we'll also be using them for future ideas for the podcast and if you didn't have a chance to catch the webinar don't worry it is now going to be uploaded onto the website so if you go to the money matters page on the aj bell you invest website then you'll be able to find the video there that is all for this episode of Money Matters. Do get in touch with any feedback, comments or suggestions of topics that you think that we should be taking a look at. And you can find us on Instagram on AJ Bell Money Matters or you can email us at moneymatters at ajbell.co.uk. Thanks very much for listening. Before you go, please remember this podcast is for educational purposes and the views expressed don't necessarily reflect those of AJ Bell. The podcast isn't telling you whether certain investments are suitable or not. And don't forget that the value of investments can change and you can lose money as well as make it. It's also important to remember that tax rules apply and that the way an investment performed in the past may not be the same as how it behaves in the future. If you want help, go see a qualified financial advisor. <laughs>